Um, so I just wanted to cover this a little bit more. So sin is not behavior. You guys get that, I think? I've been, we've been hammering that for long enough that... Now, I was taught it was, right? Yes. I was taught it was, so don't do this, don't do this, or do this more, right? And the religious people who kept it, how did they treat the person who didn't keep it? <laughs> I was typically on that side of the finger most of the time, Michael. It was most easily pointing at me most of the time, which is why I hated it. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's that, hey, you know what? We all pointed at ourselves more than anybody, actually. And that's why Jesus said, he said, be careful how you judge, because ye yourself will be judged by the same measure you judge. So what was he saying there? So he was saying, if you're going to judge people based on the law, the Old Testament, you're good and have a relationship with God based on your behavior, you yourself are going to be, feel very judged and, and convicted and shameful of that. It's going to turn back on you and you're going to feel like crap is what he's trying to say. But if you judge people based on perfect love, you yourself will start to judge yourself that way. Does that make sense? So that's why he said, he's like, he's telling the religious guys, hey, be careful how you judge because it's going to come back and bite you. It's going to hurt you. I don't judge. He says, I didn't come to judge anybody. I came to save you. I don't judge is what he said. So anyway, does that make sense to you guys? So sin is not, uh, let's go to that next slide real quick. And I think I love this out of the mirror reflection. Sin is singular. It's a noun. It's, it's not behavior. Like, I did this. I did that. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Its symptoms are plural. So if we feel guilty, shameful, guess what? It starts to reflect in our lives. Does it change God's relationship with us at all? No. That's so hard for people to get. He blesses, loves, forgives, period. It's really hard for people to understand. It's like, so he favors me even though I missed it this week? Yep. Isn't that good? That he, we're in the covenant between the Father and the Son. We can't change it. It's beautiful. So, symptoms are plural. It's been the sonship thing from the beginning. No wonder Jesus says freedom is, is, freedom indeed is found in the truth of our authentic and redeemed sonship. Even the other brother, that's the older brother, that thought he was worthy because of his good works, but did he enjoy the Father's house? No, he felt like he was outside of God's house the whole time. Even the other brother has the father pleading with him, my son, my son, you have always been with me. So did sin ever separate us from the father? No, nope, you've always been with me. And all that I have is yours. That's that John 14 and John 16 prayer we were just talking about in communion. Prayer is really realizing it's already yes and amen. So you can enjoy it now. It's, it's in the inside. So sin is not about things you do or don't. Sin is missing out on sonship, meaning you're a son. You don't have to work for the blessings. That's what the law and grace and works. And, and uh, Because you're not a slave. You don't have to work to be, to be blessed, loved, forgiven. You're a son. You're in the house. Sin is missing the fact that I think I don't deserve to be blessed. I think I'm dirty. I think I'm shameful uh, because of my behavior. That's sin. It's not what you do. And guess what? You'll actually start to live a pretty loving life after that and start experiencing the kingdom, which is all spiritual, righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, if you're experiencing righteousness, peace, and joy internally, what do you experience externally? A lot of that. It's really fascinating. So I think that's where, uh, I think Brad and all these guys, it's really, uh, I just thank you guys that you guys get it because they come and they're like, these people are happy. Like, praise God. I hope so. And most of you guys didn't even have that much wine, so it wasn't like, the old covenant, like, they're just drunk, you know? Like, no, that's not, that's not where they're happy. They're happy because they're happy internally. And then just, it, does life happen to anybody here and here besides me? Life happens, doesn't it? 
But it's, you know what, we can still be, you know what, Lord, I don't understand all this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on that I'm perfectly loved, I'm perfectly whole, I'm perfectly blessed, I have all the provision I need, I'm perfectly healed, everything right now, I'm going to experience the kingdom now. And it's internal, regardless of what I see external. Does that help you guys? So, all right, so let's go to the next, just to recap real quick, this next slide. So this is the prodigal son, it should really be the heart of the father, right? Because... We think it's about the son. Both sons missed it. It was really about who the father's truly like, and that's what Jesus came to reveal. So Luke 15, 11 says this. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. Who's the certain man? God, him, right? When you see that in Scripture, a certain man, he's talking about, hey, there's a certain guy. It's me, right? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, father, I have sinned. The one says, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I think most Christians still believe that. I think most of humanity still believes that. Does God believe that? No. He says, I'm going to say this. I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy. He thought his behavior discredited him from everything God has. That's religion. It's bad. Starts to really hurt people. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to the father. See, this is the father's heart. Jesus came to reveal this is what God's really like. God's not like what you think, this religious God. He arose and came to the father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That, like, if you go read that in the Greek, it literally means like to have this intimate, loving embrace. So here's this here's, the, here's most Christians. They're coming to God going, oh, I blew it. It's me again. I don't deserve to be anything. Or they, they're, they're, they start, they think they have to cast these spirits out and demons. They're spiting and spiritually and they're doing all this stuff. And God's like, I don't even see it. I just embrace you as a son. I love you perfectly. Does that make sense? So he's really revealing the heart of the father. <clears throat> so the son thinks, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me a servant. How many of you guys know this? the son of a wealthy owner lives differently than the servants. Who's the son of a wealthy owner? We are. We are, right? So we're, we're, the, we're the son <clears throat> or daughter. Don't, it's not gender. So, uh, and he arose and came to the father. The father just engulfs him in perfect love to send him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called my son. But, this is where I love the buts, because most of the time it's these buts. Uh, God's love, but right? His promises are yes and amen, but we put the buts in there. But when God does it, he goes, it's the exact opposite. I'm going to flip the script on you. So he says, but the father said to the servants, bring out what? The, the worst? The, 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 sat, the sort of satisfactory? The best. The, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf here, kill it, let us eat and be merry. That's why I love fellowships. That's, this, is, this is not church to me. This is a what this is? It's a church is fellowship, you know, where we're, we're eating and drinking and being merry and, and praying with each other and loving people and just enjoying ourselves. That's life to me. That's life, life more money because life is relational. It's intimacy. It's intimacy with people is what it really is. So anyway, so you deserve the best. We think we don't, but the father's heart is you deserve the best. You guys got this for now, right? All right. So he brings the fatted calf here, kills it. Let us eat and be merry for this. My son was dead. Was he, was he physically dead? No, death is lack of life. 
So he wasn't experiencing life because he thought he wasn't worthy. The truth was he was always worthy and we, he could have participated in everything the father had at any time. So he goes, he was dead. He was outside of life, everything I created. He believed the wrong thing about himself, so he's experiencing death. But he wasn't physically dead. And in God's eyes, death is not even a thing to him. He goes, I conquered it. You can kill me on the third day. I'll rise again. So guess what? That's, he said, if you've seen Jesus, this is our life. This is what it's going to look like. You don't even have to fear death. In him, there's life and life more abundantly. It's just good. Even when it's bad, it's good because he, go, he doesn't do the good bad. Isn't that weird? So I get it. It's really hard when we're going through tough stuff to just go, you know what, Lord? It's just good. I know you're good. I don't necessarily understand all this stuff, but if we focus on the good, we certainly get out of the, the bad feeling, the death's feelings, much quicker. And that's where we're trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to I, I believe the, 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 whatever you want to call the body, is our job is to encourage everybody in the inner parts, is to heal their inner parts. And then everything else, I don't, we don't give you steps to be blessed and healed and all this stuff, is, is if when we can just really heal your inner self, the broken parts of what we believe about ourselves, everything starts to function correctly. It just we start to experience more life, okay? So this, he was, but now uh, he was lost and he's found. You guys get this, right? I'm not gonna go with the older brother. The older brother just, you don't wanna be that guy. The older brother thinks, if I don't mow, mow my lawn on Sunday, I'm gonna be blessed. That's just an angry old guy. That's what that is. There's no fun in that, right? Uh, anyway, so let's go to the next slide. <coughs> Excuse me, so I just wrote some things here that it's so important to see that the Father is love and forgiving and gracious. Because as a man thinketh, what? So is he. So what Jesus was constantly trying to reveal, he goes, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye, for instance. But I came and I said, love your enemies. You guys have had it wrong. And that's where I think this teaching of inerrancy of scripture really hurts us more than people know. Because we get all kinds of weird doctrines and teaching because we're trying to fit scripture into Jesus. And Jesus rebuked a lot of scripture most of the time. He just changed it. He said, hey, you, said, you, said, you heard it said this and written this way, but let me tell you how it really is. You think God's going to be mad at you because of your behavior. Guess what? The one who turns towards Jesus and goes, you know what? At least I'm going back to the Father's house. You're blessed more than the religious guy because the religious guy can't see the blessing because the law will always point back to you and go, you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough because somebody will always outdo you. Somebody will read more, pray more, fast more, pray in tongues more, whatever, more. And some people really get affected by that. Some people are just like, ah, screw it. God's good. And, but it's the, it's the people who really get affected by that that we have to get that God's really loving and gracious or they start to really feel shameful and guilty, which is a lot of people, isn't it? I think really all of us a little bit. So we tend to experience what we believe about God and ourselves, good or bad. See, in, in the prodigal son, both sons had a wrong perception of God, so both of them were not experiencing life. Does that make sense? The person who thought he could work hard enough to get it couldn't get it. Because he thought, if I do this much work, then God will give. Isn't that what he said? Lord, I've been serving you my whole life, and you didn't even give me anything, a fatted calf. Like, at least throw me a bone, is what he's trying to say in our, how we would say it today, right? And what did God say? It's always been yours. So what does he say to us today when we go, we're, we're, when we, <laughs> and sorry if this is what you still do, because he'll show you grace even in this, but it's, so, it's such just... <laughs> when we get the prayer chain together and we're going to bombard the gates of hell, most people don't experience life because they're still waiting for God to move versus God moved, we're one with him. Let's, let's focus on we already have the blessing. We already have perfect love. We're already forgiven. He's, 
Even if we've made a mistake and we created the mess, he makes all things work together for good. That starts to bring peace to my heart versus, well, you know, you made the sheets, now you made the bed. How's that, how's that saying go? You made that bed, now you got to sleep in there. Whatever. How's that say? What is it? What's it say? I'm from Iowa. Help me out. What's it? How's it? Yo, you made that bed, now, now sleep in it. Or whatever it is. Something like, you know what I'm trying to say. I don't, I don't remember the Polish version. So, but it's basically, you messed up, now, now you're going to, yes, I believe that, but God is also a perfect God of restoration and love. Because I can take the times that you've totally messed up and redeem time even. Isn't that cool? Or I'm this old, man, I thought I'd be further along in my life. He goes, ah, it's all right, a day is like a thousand, it's not, not a big deal to me. Is I redeem time. So start experiencing life now, right? Does that help you guys? So because we experience what we believe. I know it's really crazy, and that's why I'm excited to show you some of these clips uh, just about quantum physics and stuff next week. Oh, I love it. Because it's just, it's the spirit realm. It's, it's what, it's who we are. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's, it's I, I really want to help you guys experience life so you're not walking around begging God in weird prayer and all this stuff and just starting to experience it. Okay, does that help you guys? Is that, how many guys have been praying, 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 and where is it? And the father is like, it's yours. You just don't realize it's yours yet. You're still begging me as if I'm withholding it. But I've already told you everything I have is yours. That's what he's trying to tell you. Is, that, is this helping you at all? Yes. Because prayer is how most Christians pray, I think, is almost a waste of time. When they go, in fact, when they, Brad and I were laughing about this, when he goes, when they go, I'll pray for your brother, that's just code word to me, he's like, I got this one, man. Because <laughs> that's usually how I take it when it goes, man, I'll keep you in my prayers. Like, I, I, he'll, never, he'll never remember, man. So I got this one. That's just how I think. So uh, anyway, so Christ constantly said, according to your faith, not, I got to build it up by praying in tongues, getting into the word more, etc. I've seen a lot of people read scripture more and experience more and more death. Does that make sense? And so some people are shocked by, I go, just put the book down for a month. Put right, Ramika Sulin said that when I told her, hey, don't read anything for like three months. What did she say? She had a hard time. But then, once she did it, what happened? She goes, I'm more happy now than I've ever been. Well, how can that be? Because if you get into the word more, it works more. That's how you build your faith. And you should know she's watching the game right now. <laughs> she, yes. She's watching. She's free. No, beautiful. Right. No, I, I, I'm just glad somebody showed up. I thought, man, Labor Day weekend, college football. Who, who would want to come see me? I don't want to come see me if there's college football on. So anyway, that's why we record it and stream it online for all you guys. So you are free. That's exactly right. She's, she's a big Cornhusker fan. In fact, her family is really tight with Tom Osborne family, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they are. So... I've never even been given tickets. Some kind of a friend you guys are. No, just <laughs> anyway, um, but see, that's what's real because you know what? Then you can start to experience intimacy because you can read scripture in the wrong way as in a mirror and you look, God's bad and he's angry and, and uh, even the, his commands will be like, well, Jesus commands. That is not the Ten Commandments, guys. When he says, do these commands, what was Jesus' command? Love. Obey my commands, Jesus says. Obey my teachings is what he says. And his teachings were, I don't deal with the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't, I don't deal in the law, Ten Commandments. I deal in perfect love. And perfect love keeps no record of wrong. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's his teaching. That's his command that we have to keep. Does that make sense? I see a lot of people read the Bible like, the Bible says, 
now when I hear the Bible, like Brad said that too, he goes, anytime somebody says the Bible clearly says, they're probably missing it. That's true. I, the, I, when I look at it, when I see these pastors and preachers going, the Bible says, I'm like, it says lots of things you don't want me to say about you too. Right? Let's not go down that road because it won't be pretty. Be careful how you judge. That's what Jesus says. So anyway, when Christ says, constantly, when constantly said, according to your faith, it's what we're persuaded of. And you guys know this, is when we're persuaded of infinite love, of perfect love, we, how human beings are literally divinely created, we start to experience more life. We get more creative. We get more compassionate. We start to, to see people as all in Christ versus that guy's out, this person's out. This group of people's out, that person's out. Does that make sense? We start to experience life. And that's what he, what he really wants us to do. So, but uh, you saw that when, it, when anybody was healed, it said Jesus would constantly go. Your faith has made you whole, for instance. So according to your faith, be it unto you. And here's what he's really saying, in my opinion. He goes, what you're persuaded of is what you're going to experience. And I'm trying to get, I, you know this, I've hated the word faith forever because it's been hijacked by word of faith. And uh, I've struggled with that for 10 years. And whenever, whenever I get around the mega faith pastors, and, and all of them almost, guys, when I would ask them, where does Jesus fit? They can't explain it. And I'm like, no, I, I can explain it. Until we know we're perfectly loved, it's really hard to be persuaded that we can be valuable and, and experience his, his blessings. Does that make sense? So... Uh, anyway, so I'm, I, when I say faith, just whatever word works for you is you know when you're a knower. When you know something, some things you just know. In fact, my wife said she was a prophetess today. <laughs> prophetess Barb. So if she ever comes with a name tag, prophetess, then be worried. It's a <laughs> no, because it, it was during the Yankees game, right? What happened? She's like, he's going to get a double. And he got a double. Like, God, I'm, I'm prophetic. Like, I just know things. <laughs> But then as we were driving here, the last hour, I was like, what's going to happen? I don't know. So anyway, it's just funny. But uh, it, it truly is. If we're persuaded of things, so it'll be unto us. Does that, does that make sense to you? So, hey, when, the, when they came to the Messiah, and, the, and they honestly believed, like when they touched the hem of the garment, she was persuaded that this is the Messiah. This is the guy that's going to heal humanity. And so what was Jesus' response? Yes, your faith has made you whole. Your persuasion's made you whole. So it's not like he withholds it from us because, hey, you, you got your faith meter up and I'm going to give it to you and not give it to others. He's like, I've created you in my image. You can experience everything that you're persuaded of. That's beautiful, actually. So it's good news. And I'm gonna, over the next couple of weeks, I really want to uh, like, kind of like practice with you guys, too, so you, you can start to enjoy it versus just come hear a message. Because I'd rather go watch college football than give a message. I, w I want people to experience life. Does that make sense? So anyway, all right, Norman Vincent Peale, you guys know him, Power of Positive Thinking, right? And uh, I'll get you out of here in five minutes. You guys good? You might probably even catch the third and fourth quarter, Amico. So anyway, <coughs> but I, I, when I was flying to California last week, I, I just looked at my, uh, uh, my bookshelf, and I just picked stuff that kind of resonates in my heart. I'm like, oh, man, I haven't read that in probably 15 years. And so I start reading it, and I'm like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. Because he's really, he's talking about the spirit realm. He's talking about the kingdom. And, uh, and he says this. He said, uh, he says, I, did I talk about this last time? Did I last week? I talked to so many people throughout the week, I forget who I told what. And, but anyway, Norman Vincent Peale, you know, he said, you know what? 75% of college students deal with lack of self-worth. And I would say, that's it? I would say it's closer to 95. And here's why it's so important, because... 
typically, and he talks about this, the love code, I'm gonna share a little bit of things with that and then, then we'll be out of here. But uh, uh, he wants you to only focus on good. He, only wants, he wants you to focus on everything as if it's already done. Because guess how Christ looks at you? As if it's already done. Does that make sense to you guys? He's the telos. He's the end of time is what it says. So that cross, it shows up all throughout scriptures, etc. but it's really just one event in humanity that I sit outside of time. You're all, everything you've, you, you've desired, you've, you've, you're begging me for, it's done. It's already done. I see you as perfect. So that's what we want to focus on because if we focus on the negative, which we're better at typically, worry is just focusing on the wrong thing long enough where it starts to affect you. You're persuaded of it, aren't you? So anyway, um, and here's what he said. He goes, we build up the feeling of insecurity or security by how we think, the spirit realm, right? We can't see it. Jesus said the kingdom of God does not come by observation. It's within. It's in your midst. It's here. It's inside. It's the spirit realm, whatever we wanna, however we want to think of it. We build up the feeling of insecurity or security by how we think. If in our thoughts we constantly fix attention upon sinister expectations of dire events that might happen, the result will be constantly to feel insecure. Isn't that true? It's very true, isn't it? This is also true. And what is even more serious is the tendency to create by the power of thought the very condition we fear. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. What we focus on, we eventually see. Isn't that crazy? It's scary a little bit, but it's also really good news if we can just start to retrain how we think. And that's where I'm, I think that's our job in quote unquote ministry, but it's really all of us, is, uh, is to heal people spiritually, to, to tell them who they really are, finished in him. So anyways, get to this last slide real quick. So uh, if we can hit that next slide, Logan, that'd be great. All right, so just recap this again. Sin is not your behavior, guys. So he said sin is singular. Its effects are, are plural, Right? all the, the different things that we experience. It's not about doing or not doing. It's believing. Sin is really a believing a distorted view of God and yourself. You are not sinners, you're sons. That's what I'm trying to get. And if you don't believe that, like we said, is hey, you moms, grandmas, etc. when that baby's born, none of you go, oh, what a sinner. What do you say? It's beautiful. It's perfect. Yes, you're created in his image and you always have been is we had the distorted image that sin could ever separate us. It can never. It can never. And it never did. It's really fascinating. We were always sons and always in him, in perfect love. So that, that's a pretty good description to me. Is like, uh, But then we get this weird doctrine because we have all this stuff. And so the age of accountability, and I, always, I would always think about this. is probably because my practical engineering side is like, okay. So I was born perfect, um, but then somehow like this mysterious age that nobody could tell me when it is. When's the age of accountability? Oh, it's this, and oh, it's that. And If you go to a church, every church will tell you something different, typically. So I'm perfect. I'm going to go be in heaven. A second later, if I hit this mystical age of accountability and I get hit by a bus, I'm tortured forever? What a twist. I'm actually embarrassed I used to believe this. I'm like, nobody in there, in, that's insanity to me now. Like, perfect love would never do that. It would never do that. In fact, it's never kept a record of wrong. But didn't, we, didn't you all hear that? The age of accountability? So we got to get them young. Right? Anyway, you guys, I don't need to preach at you. You guys all get that. So here's the truth, right? Let his perfect love and forgiveness heal the lies of guilt, shame, unworthiness. So the sin is believing the wrong thing about ourselves. 
And guess what? If, we, if most of us believe things about ourselves that uh, right or wrong from a young age, and then if you have a God, he's the only source of perfect love, complete love. We sometimes get there. Uh, and he might be angry at you. What does that do to our self-image, our shame, our guilt at a young age? It just solidifies it like nobody's business. You know, there's, there's, I, I can look back at my childhood and there's, there's parts that I remember, some of you guys heard me talk about this when I was going through the love code. I remember being really, really young and uh, I didn't think, I, I stole BBs. You know, the, the, the shop B, what do you call them? The, the rolls of BBs, what are those things called again? I remember like the yellow container in black and the dot, the, I don't remember what I, <laughs> Daisy BBs, yeah, I said Daisy BBs, that's what it was, right? It was probably like 20 cents or something at the time, but I was like, oh, my mom, oh, man, I don't think she'll buy these for me. So I, I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm looking around totally guilty, like, did anybody see me? You know, I remember this so clearly, I had a Miami Dolphins jacket on, and uh, I remember this so clearly. And then there's like uh, the big five and dime stores, you know, they have the big mirrors, and they were watching me the whole time, I'm, I guarantee you. So here I'm a little kid, and I've got these BBs in my pocket. And then he, the guy comes, you know, he's like, uh, he, he does the wrong pocket. I go, oh, I don't got anything in there. And he does the next pocket. What's this? I'm like, <laughs> Then he brings me to my mom, right? This is the mom that you can't, you can't even mow your lawn on Sundays, guys. And I didn't realize it affected me this much, I was telling you, because I, I don't think about this stuff a whole lot. But uh, uh, I remember he brings me up to her, and she just goes, shame on you. And I was like, man, if I ever do anything wrong again, I'm not getting caught, because I don't want to experience shame. Then all of a sudden, we throw religion on it and just get solidified. That's why it's so important to not believe it, uh, uh, there's, that God is not angry, he's not going to torture you in this mystical Dante's Inferno thing. It's not going to happen. He's perfect love, guys. So that's why it's so important. That's why we're covering it. Because I don't think, uh, you know, I was talking to Les Upchurch. You all know Les, right? And so Les was like, Mike, I can't trust a God that would kill his son. I go, me either, Les. That's what he's been struggling with. Isn't that fascinating? So anyway, so guess what? God wants perfect love to burn away any kind of guilt, any shame, etc. And that's where when in your prayer time, it's not, Lord, do this and do this and do this and do I lift this up and this, this up and all this stuff. Prayer time is literally being one with him and letting his, from the inside, just focus on love. Focus on what does love look like? I'm gonna let his love just start to disintegrate my shame, my guilt, and then I start to experience life. It's really like quietness is what it is. It's being one with him and the spirit. It's, that's what prayer is all about. Brad was asking that, they said, you know, what I'm really trying to teach people how to pray is when you pray, I don't say a lot usually. I don't say many words. It's usually I try experience what I desire the outcome to be as if it's done. And if he loved me perfectly, the width, the length, the breadth, the depth of his heart, would he do it for me? In fact, what he really says is I've already done it for you. Be one with it. Experience it. And sooner or later, you're going to see it staring at you, whether it's good or bad, though. So if we start focusing on the wrong, we start to experience lack of life or death. And we experience on goodness, his love, his perfection, his forgiveness, we start to experience that. And we start to experience life. And so anyway, I, I, I don't want to keep going on that. So when you're persuaded of his love and grace inside you, you begin to experience love, joy, peace, which he called the kingdom. It's, some, it's a spiritual thing. The kingdom of God is not by observation. You can't see it. But what you believe in here, you'll eventually see. 
That's what he's trying to say. First the spiritual, then the physical. Does that make sense? All right. So, but when you focus on the right thing, it transforms our external circumstances. So I'll just read this last, last little bit of love code. And here's what he's saying, because he, 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 they all say the same thing. Norman Vincent Peale, you know, the love code. Uh, the Messiah said the same thing. Hey, the kingdom of God is now. Whatever you believe is yes and amen. Whatever you believe, your, let your faith be done to you. Whatever you're persuaded of, I'm trying to persuade you of my goodness so that you can experience it. But if you're persuaded that I'm angry, guess what? You become like the God you worship. You start to get angry and you start to accuse people. Isn't that true? When you realize he's perfect love, man, you just start loving people. It's just fun after a while. It, it actually is. It's, it's, it's crazy. And that's, I think, what's kind of shocking to Brad, actually. He's like, are you guys just happy? Yeah, life sucks sometimes, but we're just happy about it. Like, what? <laughs> what, what what's, what's the alternative? Right? Life sucks, so I'm just going to mope. No, now we're experiencing double death. Death, death is what he said. You eat from this tree, you're going to die, die. So I'm not saying everything's great, but guess what? Everything works together for our good, ultimately. Does that, does that make sense? Are there times where there's tragedy and we mourn? Yes, man, I'm not saying that. But it's not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying even in the midst of tragedy, I go, you know what? I don't want to expand this, Lord. I don't understand it at all. I'm not going to act like I do. Well, God said, I'm like, I just know your perfect love, and somehow everything's going to be okay. If we lose a loved one, did he really die? No. No, he's experiencing more life than he's ever experienced. Can't wait to catch up with him. Does that help you guys? So anyway, all right. So here's what he says. He's like, hey, heal the lie, which is the wrong belief about who God is in us, and your internal feeling and external circumstances. So not only inside will you start to feel better, start to experience life versus death, external circumstances will instantly begin to transform. And you guys have known that. He said, you know what, I've never... Uh, anybody who's actually ever done it is, was, could finally just experience love and life and realize they were forgiven, not judged. He goes, he's never seen uh, uh, diseases not healed and everything because that's not who God is. God doesn't place disease or anything on us. So I, I'm really, I don't want any of us to get defensive because could I get defensive? Yeah, there's things that don't necessarily work great in my life and, and now I'm like, oh, so you're, you're telling me, like, kind of, but... Because we all believe lies about ourselves. But don't get defensive about it. Think on the good side. It's like, but I know if I start believing the right thing and I focus on only love and life, guess what I start to experience? Not only do I start to feel better internally, my external circumstances miraculously start to get better. Does that help you guys? So I'm going to get to your feet. Um, oh, so I would check, and, and we're going to go through some quantum physics that I think will rock your socks over the next couple of weeks which is really just the kingdom of God. It's the spirit realm. It's, it's love. Like the, even the scientists will tell you the thing that holds the whole universe together is love. Scientists say that. Isn't that weird? It's kind of weird, isn't it? All their instruments and data and everything else, I go, yeah, but there's this mysterious thing, this glue that we're all connected and held together, and it's love. That's cool to me because I love the science behind it, etc. But here's, here's really what it is, guys. Is, um, like he tells you in there, he said, you know what? Uh, I love the genie exercise because that's kind of how we treat God anyway. So, and he says this, if you had one wish of a genie, whatever you asked, it was going to be given to you. So I don't know what that is in your life. It could, I don't know if it's finances. I don't know if it's healing my body. I don't know if it's, uh, I want to experience intimate relationships because I've 
I've blown relationships or I don't know what it is. It's, but it always comes down to the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy, wholeness, perfect love, perfect, uh, perfect health, perfect, it's his shalom, right? That's not the real thing because in God's eyes, that's already done. That's already created, it's done. It's, it says, before you've asked, I've provided. Before the foundation of the world, I've provided it. How would I feel if I could have that right now? Whatever that feeling is, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're struggling financially, some people go, man, I would love $2 million in the bank. That's awesome. That, he's got cattle on a thousand hills. That's not a big deal for him. The next question is, how does it make you feel? It takes some time tonight or whatever and go think about that. So would you feel less anxious? Would you feel peace? Would you feel, uh, maybe it's like you've had bad relationships and one relationship without the other, you can't, whatever it is, I don't really care. Strained relationships, uh, I would just want to be in an intimate relationship and be loved. Let's just pick that. And so how would you feel? That's what we're after, guys. And that's what your prayer is. You start to practice feeling that feeling because how we're designed, guess what? Whatever we start to focus on, we start, not only does it start to change you internally, externally it starts to happen almost as, that fast as well. Does that help you guys? So if you need prayer, come up because that's all I'll do. Is, uh, and the reason Barbara and I were talking about this too is once you start understanding the dynamics of it, hey, I love that people are free and they can watch online and everything else, but there is something about getting together. You know why? Because there's different energies, different spirits. So e equals MC squared, right? The spirit realm. A bad thought has a, has a different energy field to it than a good thought. Love has a very different relationship and feeling than hate, doesn't it? And guess what? When you get around people who start to believe the same thing or persuaded of the same thing, you know what it does from a science perspective? It resonates or it amplifies, right? And guess what? When you start to experience that, you literally change physically. You start to create the right neural pathways in your body so you can experience it that and bring it to pass. So you, it happens faster when you're, when you're with people. And the tendency is to isolate yourself. I just, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. It's, uh, it's, it's get around life, get around people who believe this way and thing, and it, it changes you faster than you could ever do on your own. That's the only reason we gather. Does that make sense? So, all right. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you. Oh, man. Just let your perfect love, whatever these people's question is of the genie question, if they could ask anything of you, and you, you don't say yes, maybe. You just say, so be it. You consent to us. That's, that's what's amazing, is whatever they, quote, unquote, asked or require, you've already said yes, and you've already said it's already done. Just let them feel that feeling, that your love, your, your persuasion, your compassion, your perfect forgiveness just washes away any feeling of guilt, any feeling of shame, any feeling of unworthiness, any feeling of, I'm not good enough, beloved, I've made so many wrong mistakes in my life, just let your perfect love wash that away. And you just say, whatever they require, they're in my family and it's already done for them. Let them start to experience it now. Let them start experiencing that feeling of complete joy, of complete completeness, your shalom, your peace, that they're perfectly provided for, they're perfectly loved, they're perfect, perfectly whole, despite what the external looks like. So we can start to experience life and life more abundantly now. Just let that sit deep in their spirits, Lord, so they can experience it like never before. In Jesus' magnificent name.
Amen, amen, amen.